Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. We've taken it to a new level. We have leveled up in 2020 with our mic game. Leveled up. Do you guys hear it? Can you hear Can how you good hear we it? sound? <laughs> Honestly, like, I just peed my pants a little bit. A I'm little so bit. excited. We went to a store. We bought new things. And it, it only took 100 episodes. Right. <laughs> Until we were like, maybe we should really invest <laughs> in a little bit higher quality. Now, don't get me wrong. We love mm-hmm. the Blue Yeti. It got us through 100 amazing episodes you know, I recommend it to a lot of people who are getting started. And then you get to the point where when you have a real microphone one time, you're like, oh, oh, well, oh, wow. Okay, this is fantastic. It's like buying your first pair of like really big girl shoes. Oh, yeah. We have big girl mics. We do have big girl mics. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah. It take our game up. I know. I don't know. I don't care if we have like two (laughs) listeners this week. I'm like, I don't care. My mic game's on point. Mic game on point. So we're going to do a little CZL catch up because it's been yes. a while since we've been in here. It's I don't even remember the last time. Um, a week, couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Been we busy. did it right after the new year, which feels like a month ago. I don't even know. But it's like. It's January 19th today. Right. And that, that honestly feels like. Light years. An entire month has gone by. But by the way, my Christmas tree is still up, people. So <laughs> I did take the ornaments off. Step. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, half of it. Oh. I can't reach the other. <laughs> that's true. Twelve when you have to break tree. out the ladder, it is a different, like. It's a 12-foot tree. You have a 12-foot tree, don't you? Yeah. And it's a bitch. It is a bitch. So I'm just like, ah. Uh. No. See, we had to go, like, all in. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Like, I might do that next year. I probably won't. I say, but right. I won't. I mean, and I will. Honestly, we usually don't take it down this early. But we were going out of town, and I'm like, I when we come back, I know we're going to be hitting the ground running. We're not going to have time to do this. And if I have to stare at that tree and all the shit that comes off of it, I'm going to lose my shit. So I haven't lost my shit. I'm just like, oh, hi, mm, Georgie. 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 <laughs> can we talk about Georgie real quick? We can, Britt. We can. I, she had our first sleepover. Yes. With us. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say with us, you mean? With the swans. The swans. Because y'all went to Indy for a cheer event. And yeah. so it, and I, it went surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. She's just high maintenance. She like is compared to my dog. Yes. Like Baron is just like a blob in the corner mm-hmm. and she's not. No. She wants to be, her voice to be heard. Her she, presence to be known. Oh. <laughs> like and her belly to be rubbed. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> um like what I did love is that she followed me everywhere. I heard her little everywhere. I'm like, "Oh, there she is." Yeah. Um she's super playful, so she's always wanting to play. I love that Baron's like, Yeah. Um Okay, so nighttime, a little tricky. She's a hot box. Like I, I was, I, I was literally sweating. Mm-hmm. Landon asked me, he's like, "Did you pee the bed?" Because I was <laughs> sorry, TMI. Because I was sweating so much because this dog was like right up in my face, yep. and then I had a toddler on the other side. I was like, "Okay, guys, like seriously, right?" We we felt, yeah. So Georgie, <laughs> love you. We'll definitely watch her again. It was a it was a joyful experience. She she yep. fit right in. She didn't care. And um, she, I didn't have to put the shock collar on her once. That's great. Because we have talked about the shock collar on here yes. before. Mm-hmm. Um, not once. And she listened really well. So that's great. Growth. I, that's, I was just going to say, she's growing. She's growing. She's 2020 through year. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> it only took a few years. Right, right. So yeah, we have new mics. We do have new mics. We had a new mm-hmm. sleepover guest. Mm-hmm. But we also have a new event coming up. You we give do. A we do. We do. We um, do. 
I don't know the time, so you're going to have to help me on that because you've been doing a lot of behind the scenes on this one. Um, But we are doing a Galentine's Day podcast with the one and only Danielle from Lou Wetware. We're super pumped about that. And we're going to be doing it on location at Kendra Scott, right? Right. At Oxmoor? From 6 to 8. From 6 to 8. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. I know that Primp is going to be there. I don't know what we're doing there yet, but we're going to be there (laughs) doing some fun things. And we're going to be talking about... And Danielle's going to do some styling and helping out. Yes. And, you know, she has such a, such a great input about, like, what you need, kind of, like, the tips and tricks and, and yeah. how to style different things. I love her. I love her take on stuff. And so you too. always have a great eye for stuff. So I'm just yeah. along for the ride and Dang. whatever you need. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just for the information, Galentine's Day is February 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a day to show your gals. And I, I, love, I love that this is a thing. I, I usually do. don't love this kind of thing. Like I'm like, yeah. all right, we need another day. Like seriously. Um, but I love this day. I celebrate or get more excited to celebrate Valentine's Day than I do Valentine's Day. I know. I know. And but I think because Dan and I do a lot of like date nights on our own, like we don't feel compelled to go out on Valentine's Day. We actually do more stuff with the kids mm-hmm. during that time. But the Galentine's, I mean, I'm always looking for a reason to go out with my girlfriends. Oh my I'm God, like, yeah, you guys want to go out? Yeah, okay, let's go. I mean, it's fantastic. I totally agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I think that we should all get more into it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't know if it was Hallmark or Society or maybe Michelle Obama that did this, but whoever yeah. did it, I'm so happy. I feel like let's keep this it going. is like an office thing. I feel like it was like brought about on the office. Or I know that like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey got into it for something. Like, I don't know. We'll have to research that. You know what? We're going to come back with facts on that. Facts. On the actual show. Because I know all y'all are really into it. Riveting. You need to know. And so Danielle Davis has a new addiction. She does. She is obsessed with cheer on Netflix. Which, if you haven't seen this docuseries, you should totally do it. It is fantastic and as somebody who came from the cheer world prior to being here in Kentucky it is the most accurate description of what competitive cheerleading looks like and I know like the docuseries follows a junior college um, from their point of like competing at their big event in Daytona I get that but what you what this allows you to see is what competitive cheer looks like feels Mm -hmm. like and and when people are like oh cheerleading's not athletic I'm like that's funny just watch this and then Mm -hmm. you tell me if these kids are athletes and then you know we can definitely have a a healthy debate on why that's you know happening but I love this series I love everything about it and if you get through the show and you didn't cry I feel like you have a black heart like you just (laughs) you might be dead on the inside I don't know Um, but like I didn't I couldn't get through the show without shedding tears i mean it's the just stories. the stories are the very stories compelling are very, mm-hmm. and i mean as a coach like i felt like i knew kids like this i mean mm-hmm. you we you just kind of you open your heart up and you open your life up for these kids who some of them don't have anything and they don't have anybody to turn to so they look for you i mean because you are a you know a disciplinary figure in their life but you are you represent stability for them and that's what cheer does for so many kids and I've always loved this sport because everybody has a home there you don't have to be a certain size we need all sizes in this sport mm-hmm. we need all ability levels in this sport and this show shows that like tenfold they really and I did. love it they I just really did. but oh, you know Netflix does documentaries so well or docuseries so well I, that's what I've really picked up on I was here for it yeah and it's great fun fact 
I don't know if our listeners know that you were a part owner of a cheer gym. You just weren't in the gym. Yeah. You weren't in the world. Like you were in it. I was in like, it. You weren't just like, oh, I'm just going to have fun. No, no, it was like no, you were no, in no. it. Like, like myself and two other people started a program from the ground up. And this was like back in 2003. So like in the very beginning of competitive cheer days, um, we needed 136 athletes at tryouts to like make a paycheck. And I was like, okay, great. And then when like 137 walked in the door, we were like, Woo! we're going to the sizzler tonight. This is great. And then it kept going and it kept like, I mean, by the end of tryouts, just our very first year, we had 436 athletes at tryouts, which was incredible. Um, our very first year we had 17 teams, which that was unheard of back then. And it's still an impressive number now, but like in 2003, like 17 teams, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I left in 07. I mean, we had grown to close to 650 competitive athletes and that didn't include classes or clinics or, you know, like there's so many things that we turned this business into, which was amazing in and of itself. But what we never got back then was validation that this was like a real thing. And people were like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a cheer coach. I'm like, I'm sorry, what is that? And I'm like, oh, you don't uh, get it. You like if you're not in the world, it. you just don't know. And, and honestly, then, I, yeah, you would have told me, yeah. honestly, I really still I think I got more of it through the docu series because yes. you can tell me all this kind of things. I'm like, I just okay, right? Fine. You don't get and it. And I see yeah. the the um, the variants of, of the events that Dan yes. that Dan leads. Mm-hmm. Um, is another facet of the cheer world, which is crazy, crazy, and um, so proud of my friend there. Um, but and your husband. So I think it's I I don't quite understand it because yeah. I'm so not into it. And I know? get it. Like it, it, we joke all the time. Like if you're not in the cheer world, you just don't it's right. like being in whoville like if you were in whoville you'd be like oh yeah this makes sense but other than that you're just like looking at this little speck flying by and you're like what is that but i mean it's a billion dollar industry i mean it's not it, it's like a quiet hidden gem but it's not quiet like when you get on the inside it's so loud it's so like, glittery oh it's so sparkly and i love it and the um, bows are so but the bows, the bows. oh the my bows. gosh the bows the bows they're obnoxious and they're okay again bows have come a long way because Back in our day, you had to tie the bows. And now they, they're, they like, starched and they're, like, they're very hard to bend, but they're so, you know, jeweled out. Ornate. And, like, and there's so many. Obnoxious. And, oh, my gosh. Like, we spent time this past weekend with the, the, the bow lady who, I think it's Build-A-Bow, and she has an amazing, like, setup. Like, it's just, it blows my mind. Honestly, like, seriously, everything. if I would have seen the fucking bows at there, I would have bought a bow. Oh yeah. I probably would have bought a bow just for, just to buy a bow. They even now, and Eleanor got one, um, but it's like a, like that kind of ornate look, but in a scrunchie. I know. I'm like, you've got like a bejeweled scrunchie. She's like, mom, look, I'm like, I'm going to need to borrow that. Like as my new cuff. Like <laughs> it's so cute. I'm like, dang. It's really cute. Yeah. So nice. it's, it's great. I love it. And I love that so many people are diving into it and, Dan hasn't seen it yet. He hasn't seen the docuseries. Oh. He's going to, but he's always so like, is it good? Is it good for the sport? Like, cause he's, you know, a realist and he's, he, he always has like his event hat on and he wants to, you know, help grow the sport. And he's like, it, does it paint truly in a great, in a good light? And I was like, it does. It truly, it, it does. I, I felt like you, if you can say it. Yes. I felt like it did. Yeah. And I felt like I had a different idea of what cheer was mm-hmm. and is. Yes. And could be. And it was really cool. Like this weekend, we just got back from Indianapolis and it was one of, um, you know, Dan's biggest events of the season. And his staff does like the most kick-ass job of making this event run seamlessly and definitely could not do it with every person um, that is, oops, sorry about that, um, you know, that is involved with it. But it, it's just 
amazing to see how many people I was doing stories, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, through, cause Danielle was going to come and then she couldn't come. Um, but how many people were chiming in on my stories who I know have never been a part of cheerleading, but because of that docuseries were like, Oh my gosh, we're obsessed. Like, this is so great. And, and the amount of like positive, mm-hmm. like just fun things that people were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I can't, this is incredible to watch. I can't stop watching. So it was really neat that non cheerleaders have such a, like they're just looking through this lens now of like, Holy cow, like this is legit. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I've been removed from it for a long time. Like actually being in a gym, but we live it day to day Mm -hmm. in this house because that's, you know what Dan does. So I love it for that reason. I'm like, see, this is good. This is good for the sport. I mean, it's fine. There, I had an opportunity for um, some of the Navarro chillers were doing like a meet and greet. And the lines to see them, like they rented out a space in the mall, like an empty shop. And, you know, Rebel Athletics put in like their thing. And that's who, you know, uniforms are, their Navarro uniforms are Rebel Athletics. And they do a lot of stuff for them. But the line, Brittany, was, I mean, like people were waiting in line for two and a half hours to meet Oh like God. some of these kids that so were like on Beyonce. the show. It's crazy. Dang. I mean, the lines were just ridiculous. Well, way to go them. Yeah. But you know what though? They, Netflix used what they gave them. So yes. these cheerleaders were so, I guess, authentic as they mm-hmm. could, as they could be at yes. 22. Like, let's be real. But honestly, like yeah. I fell in love with their stories. I felt like they did a really good job about, um, not making it out to be just surface. Cause yes. it could have been surface real quick. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it, I do recommend going back and seeing it. I just yeah. go click on it. It's good. It's good. I know. It's really I know good. it's under the trending. Just click on it. Right. Just do it. You're not going to be sad. I did it in one day. Embarrassing. I'm proud of you that you did it. It took me a long time. My kids to did do not it, get taken I'm proud care of, of that day. That's okay. They ate spaghettios out of a can. I fucking I don't even know. Like <laughs> I, I, I ate a know. lot of spaghettios out of the can when I was starting out because that's poor. <laughs> I still kind of miss but it. But I kind of love it. I still kind of miss it. I love a spaghettio. Okay, really quick, like, I got to jump in my, but my oh, addiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what are you addicted to right now? Okay, so your cheer, go. Yes. Yeah. This is really crazy. So earlier, two weeks ago, I stumbled upon this podcast. It was called The Vile Files, okay? Didn't know who this Nick Vile was. Okay. No idea. Okay, and I, evidently he was an ex-bachelor. Oh, okay. So, and I, don't, I never got into the series. Did you no, get into the series? I didn't. I'm, I always wanted to, but I'm like, I, I can't. For some I reason. Can't. And it wasn't like out of right. me putting myself above it. I just, yeah. it, it just wasn't my thing. I got into Housewives. I don't, I really seriously never understood why I didn't get into it. Right. So long story short, um, I deep dove on who this guy was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fun. Then, and now I'm into The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, you're like, I started watching the it. The show? I did. <gasps> and like, I am so into it. Not only that, and Danielle would be so excited um, because that's where how she started her first website was right. like, yeah, going all in on The Bachelor. Yeah. Okay. So I now am into it. I'm like reading the blogs. I'm reading the, I'm, I'm on the other podcast that, that they're talking about it, like giving breakdowns. Like, I'm like, oh my God, here I am. Here I am. But I feel like at 37, I'm living hey, the best life. No, this is, I'm just, I, like, I you, wish, I know you like my eyes it. are like wide open right now. Mouth is Isn't that crazy? I didn't see that coming. I will tell you. Okay. The Bachelor. Really? The Bachelor. And I don't know, for some reason, like I'm into it. 
that's and I'm into okay. these these chicks. Like I'm, I mean, I'm I'm just going through. I'm like, like oh, what's yeah. what's so like intoxicating? Um, okay, show? so I do think so. When I deep dove on Nick Vile, mm-hmm. um, he was on it for like four four times. I'm gonna look him up. Keep talking. Yeah, it's called okay. the Vile Files, and I do recommend his podcast. Is um, it good? Does he talk about just no, bachelor stuff? No, okay. no, he has different guests on. I've never known any of his guests, not one oh, of them, okay. except for one comedian. It was like Nikki Glazer, which I love. Um, but most of the time, I don't know any of his guests. But he gives like relationship advice that's fucking hilarious, and okay. it's so spot on. Um, I really like his co-host slash producer, so I'm here for Is that it. Him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How did he find these people? I don't. Do you, is it like casting? Is it like an I open think casting so. call for that? Like, okay. I think it's, I think you have to send in a picture. So, okay, here, a uh, question. If you're on The Bachelor and you're giving relationship advice, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, if you're on The Bachelor and you didn't get picked, right? Like, did you okay, really, so like, that is this, are you a good fun fact. relationships or? Okay. Let me go back. I have okay. to go back. So he okay. was on the first two Bachelorettes, didn't get picked. Oh, okay. The first time, I don't know where he went out. The second one, I think he was down to like the final two didn't get picked. Then you went to Bachelor in Paradise. I haven't watched that show, but I know that there's a lot of people that get into that show. So right. I'm, I might have to deep dive into that one too. Okay. Um, so he got, he fell in love there, got rejected in Bachelor oh. in Paradise. So that was three rejections. So the fourth time he came back, he was the bachelor oh. and then he proposed to one and they broke up nine, nine months later. And now he has his own podcast where he gives like relationship advice. Like people call in and they are really like the ages span it's really great. Like there's like 40 year olds that call in and they're, I'm like, but he's almost 40. So I'm like, okay, he just looks really good for his age. Yeah. Um, he, lo- he does. He looks very young. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I do suggest this podcast, like after you don't listen to ours, like don't, <laughs> yeah. don't divert from ours. Like, cause we so, yeah, but it's really good. Okay. That's my, my, that's my new addiction. Okay. Well, I'm going to be doing regular check-ins on you to make sure that you're, you're doing all right. Still coming yeah. out of your cave. <laughs> Brittany, how are you doing with life? But we have a really fun show topic yeah, today. We do. It's it's very interesting. Um, we're talking about imposter syndrome, syndrome, and how that relates to validation. I like that. Yeah. So it's definitely. I feel like it's been like a buzzword that's been going around, you know, for a little while um, about this. But I feel like it's one of those things that once you hear it once, you start hearing it like all over the place. And um, so I started listening about, you know, people who suffer from imposter syndrome and like, do you personally suffer from it or, and I'm like, suffer, is it a bad, like, are you, am I, am I going to die? Right. Do I need a prescription for something? Like what, why am I suffering from being an imposter? Like, tell me more about this. Um, and one of the articles that I found, which was pretty interesting was, um, an article done on like psychology today about luxury items. Like when you purchase a luxury item, how many people feel like an imposter when they purchase them. And I was like, interesting. Tell me more about this. Right. And it kind of broke down. Um, and this, it, it's not just in like a shoe or a bag. It could be a car. It could be a house. I mean, it's like a whole lifestyle kind of thing where it's like, do you feel worthy enough to have said item? Do you feel like mm-hmm. you are being inauthentic when you are, you know, rocking your new Gucci bag? Like, is that part of who you are? Is that on brand for you? Or is that like, when you're wearing it, do you kind of sh- feel shy in it? Like you, um, they used an example of like a lady who was wearing like a gold necklace that had some diamonds on it. And she always felt very like shy in this jewelry. She's like, I don't usually spend money on things like this, but I can't afford it. It's not like I'm, you know, strapped, strapping myself to have this luxury item. It's just, 
it I saw it. It was really pretty. I bought it. And then she feels kind of insecure when she wears it because it doesn't feel like she should be wearing it. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Okay. Um, but ha- has that ever happened to you? Have you ever like purchased something or, I mean, I know I do it like when people are like, oh my God, I love this. I'm like, oh, thank you. I, it's, you know, it might be something, you know, I, I love fancy shoes and, um, you know, I know I've, I'm like, oh, you know, I got these on sale or like, I always try to find like a way to justify it. Not always, but like, there's definitely been some things that I'm like, oh no, girl, I had credit at the store or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just a way to like justify my Purchase. Need for ex- extravagant right and I'm goods. Like, did I need that? No, but did I want it? Yes. I mean, yeah. I think it's just wherever that kind of lies at that moment, like wherever I have this vision of like the plinko chip going down, like wherever it kind of lands. You know, I yeah. definitely have done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will give you the best example, and feel free to roll your eyes, community, <laughs> Shannon. I even kind of, but the thing is, when I wear this said item, the token Gucci belt. <laughs> I always say, I'm like, I would never do that. But I, I bought it and now yeah. I really like it. And I yeah. wear it. I'm like, when I wear it, I really like it. I think it does fit me for some really weird reason. Right. I would have never bought it. Yeah. But I was like, when I bought it, I was like, oh my gosh, Shannon's going to make fun of me so bad. <laughs> but at the same time, I did feel to say that to you, I felt right. like, oh my gosh, she's going to be like, you said you'd never do that. But of course, like, no. you're never going to yeah. judge me. But um, yeah, I think I have felt like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. I will try to justify things. Yeah. Especially, I think the most expensive thing that I do have is like shoes mm-hmm. because we can see them. Right. And none of our little creatures can fuck them up. Right. They're not allowed, in, they're not allowed to touch the nice shoes. No. They, they live on a very high shelf for a reason. Yes. Like, <laughs> so put your little grubby paws. Get out. I'm a shoe. Bah. Bah. Right. So I think that we've both been there where it's, it might be a thing. And especially in the town yeah. that we live in, now, if we lived in like a different city, I think that that might be more. Ex- I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't feel like it, the extravagance well, of that that yeah. you, we may purchase sometimes doesn't fit yes. where we live all the time. I I would agree with that because I definitely I love Louisville. I just think it, that that's one of the things. Yeah, we don't have a. Um, it's not like anybody. Well, at least people that we know or we hang out with don't feel compelled to buy the new you know, the new Louis Vuitton bag that comes out, like whatever the newest designer luxury item is. Like, I've, I mean, I feel like I have friends that own those things, but I don't feel like I have anybody that chases after. Right. you got to have a luxury everything in your life. I agree with that. You know, and I, I just don't think that that's, again, where we live. It's not something that we see all the time. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we, I think when you do see it sometimes, it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is yeah. the definition of validation? So, well, let's talk about imposter first, and oh. then we'll talk about how we feel the need to validate. Okay, gotcha. Because I think that that might work um, in, in, oops, sorry. I have an article pulled up, and I just hit the wrong one. So fastcompany.com had this great article about um, the five types of imposter syndrome and how to beat them. Oh, yes. You read these to me and they are good. Yes. So the psychological phenomenon known as imposter syndrome reflects the belief that you're in an inadequate and incompetent failure, despite evidence that indicates you're skilled and quite successful. And again, we talk about this all the time, but most of these come from internal expectations you put on yourself that you want other people to see about you. 
And we all do this, guys. We all do it. There's not one person that's walking on this green earth that does Mm -hmm. not do it. Exactly. So when we talk about imposter syndrome, I feel like this is why, like, when you can start to see that, again, your expectation of how people see you is just that. Your expectation. Mm -hmm. You can change it at any time. That's when you start to uncover and unveil, like, oh, okay, I don't Mm -hmm. really need to do A, B, and C because I don't care what Ginny on the block says about me. (laughs) No, bringing her back. Um, So the five types of imposters are the perfectionist, the superman, superhuman, or superwoman, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. And the perfectionist is, you know, one of those people that they set super high goals for themselves and, um, you know, they're always worrying about measuring up and, you know, they experience major self-doubt when they don't achieve what they've set for themselves. Um, it, you know, they probably micromanage a lot more so than they should because it's not doing, you know, being done the way that, like, they think it should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you feel like you have to be 100% perfect 100% of the time. That's exhausting. Yes. I'm exhausting. I'm exhausted just hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and I feel like I know plenty of, you know, perfectionists out there. But again, I think a lot of them end up in very unhealthy um, patterns in mm-hmm. their life because you can't be 100% perfect 100% of the time. But it's exhausting to even try, you know, but you, it happens. It happens. It happens. You know um, what I think you mm-hmm. can probably, as we explain these, you can yeah. probably find a little bits of each one of them oh, that, that yeah. you can say, oh, yeah, I definitely do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely do that. And I'm sure that there's, you know, areas of your life that you want to feel more like you're more of a perfectionist in this capacity. Um, you know, I, I, I do feel like I know people who are perfectionists in their work life and mm-hmm. then they come home and it's like their place of escape mm-hmm. um, or vice versa, where like the house can't be, you know, anything can't be out of place because when they come home, they want it to feel like a sanctuary. They want it to feel safe and they want order in every, you know, every cabinet. Mm-hmm. I don't live that life. I don't either. I mean, I'm jealous of people that can. But <laughs> Forever be jealous of people that can do that. Right. Um, the superwoman, superman syndrome, um, they... This one's common. Yeah. Are convinced that they're phonies among real deal <laughs> colleagues. They often push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up to people. Um, but this is just a false cover-up for the insecurities and the work overload that may not um, be great for their mental health or relationships that they're in. So some of the examples of that, like, does this apply to you? Do you stay later in the office than the rest of your team, um, even to the point that you, you've completed the next day's necessary work? Ooh, mm-hmm. overachiever. Do you get stressed out when you're not working and you find downtime completely wasteful? Have you let your hobbies and passions fall by the wayside, sacrificed to work? Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite numerous degrees and achievements so you feel pressed to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth? I feel like a lot of women have this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even I mean, going and back I'm to... I'm not saying like men, not men yeah. don't, mm-hmm. but I feel like this would be very common within oh, yeah. women. Yeah. Um, but even like Barrett. I mean, she felt like superwoman. I mean, again, she was addicted to Adderall, which kept that superhuman feeling attainable. Mm-hmm. But when you feel like you have to constantly measure up, yeah, like that's that's like a real, it's a, it's a really hard pill to swallow, so to speak. I, you know, if, I don't see 
that getting any better because of the pressures in society. Yeah. Well, the imposter workaholics are actually addicted to the validation that comes from working, not to the work itself. Mm. So people always say like, God, you're such a workhorse. So you do this better than anybody else. Like feeds into that validation of, ah, you notice, Mm. you know, and I think that goes for really any kind of aholic. Like there are people that, you know, are super runners that, you know, they're always chasing, you know, that runner's high or people who are, um, you know, look at your time, look at your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how'd you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, just people who are really laser focused on like one thing. So I always say like, you know, with addictions with that, you know, it doesn't have to just be alcohol or drug related addictions come in like many shapes and sizes and can be masked by, you know, people who are addicted to exercising. Is it healthy? I mean, Mm -hmm. because it has like a healthy stigma to it. You're like, oh, that's not bad to be addicted to, you know, wanting to work out or to running. And it's like, well, to the extent of like, it's not good for your health or, you know, is there, are you compromising your health to like validate the activity that you're doing? Then, you know, that, that can be tricky. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we posted on our Instagram. And I say that a lot. I don't know if all y'all do that, but you should follow yeah. us if you don't. <laughs> but BT up. But I did post something on Instagram not too long ago about your attachment to your identity. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes really well with that because yeah. you're tied to running and that's your identity. You're tied to this mm-hmm. workout program and that's your identity or, or what your that yeah. thing is or fitness. Um, maybe you're tied to this... Uh, position at your job and that that is your identity when you attach so much priority and so much of your identity to that right then your mental state is so dependent mm-hmm. on that yeah so when it does break down or maybe you do get some criticism or whatever then that you can feel very hurt or alone that happens a lot with women who choose to stay at home Ooh, and once yes. their kids leave you know they leave the nest or they don't need them as much because they've you know fostered this independence and now their kids are going they've spent so much time attaching validation to being a stay-at-home mom or being a mom that you or know needed is, or needed that they don't it's hard for them to seek validation in other ways and it's, I love that we're, we are having this conversation more with mothers yes. Mm-hmm. Because I think like 10 years ago, this wasn't being had. And now we're talking about it more. Like you have to have an outlet. You have to have something right. that makes you not just a mom. Right. Or, and don't get me wrong. Like, listen, it is the hardest job out there. Oh, And I will sure. continue to say it. And we've both done yes. it. And um, and it is hard. And I, I saw this not that long ago. But it's like, um, you know, I've been around women who work outside the home and women who stay at home, but have never met a mom who didn't work. <laughs> that I mean I was like dang yes that is so true it it's is such a hard job it is such a hard I yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um the natural genius people who things it comes so naturally to them that you're like oh my gosh you're so smart or oh my gosh how'd you pick that up the first time these are the kind of people that they get really depressed and down if they can't get it the first try or if they're not great at it the first time they try to you know to achieve it um so then they they might um be reluctant to try new things yes uh they you know have a great track record for getting straight a's or gold stars um they're frequently told you know as kids like oh you're the smart one in the family um you know you might they you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own um and you're off like when you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because not performing well provokes a feeling of shame? <sighs> yeah, that's like a parenting mirror, right? There, I know. Right? There's a lot in that one that I was like, oh, 
I'm going to stop telling my oldest that she's the most responsible person that lives in my house. I'm putting a lot of pressure on her. And I'm just being a, like saying it in a joking way. But like if she's hearing this and she's like, oh, my gosh, if I ever become irresponsible, like what's going to happen? Right. Like, trust me, that that language is going to change. Right. Like, for sure. Could you imagine that narrative that we're that mm-hmm. we're creating? Yeah. And, and I'm just saying it to be a joke. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't know. That. I say it. Be serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes think she's more mature than me and more responsible than me. She has a way better memory than me. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, so. she's, yeah, she's pretty fantastic. You know what, though? But I am going to have to just be, like, break very aware now of, like, this language that she's hearing and, like, what that could even be meaning to her. I could definitely think of a few examples in my life that that is going on right now. Yeah. And, um and my family. And, I, yeah, it, w- it, it would be p- – because if you do start breaking that down mm-hmm. – and breaking away from that, what would they be able to try? Right. And maybe you're, um, if you had something that you were really good at, mm-hmm. you were you you're really good at gymnastics growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a validation. Well, that's there. why I kept going. I mean, I, literally, that was the I went in for like a tumbling class, and the coach was like, "Wow, you're really good at this. This seems to be very natural for you. Why don't you come in and practice with the team?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, okay, sure." And then, it, you know, it kind of catapulted from there. But it's like that for me was like I didn't have to try really hard to be good. I just needed somebody to help me figure out along the way, like, how to make it work. And But I also wasn't afraid. Like, there were things that were hard for me in gymnastics. And th- some of them I didn't like. But some of them I was like, I'm not going to let this beat me. Mm. You don't get to win, Balance Beam. You don't get to win. Right. So, so it, you know, it just so, goes like, to that. Yeah, it does. It does. But, I mean, that's, again, it's a natural way of being like, oh, you know, your ego gets strokes and you're like, hey, thanks. You think I'm good at this? All right, good. And a lot of our, our ego drives us a lot. Yeah. And the stroking of that. <laughs> I Mine mean, likes I'm, to be heavily stroked. <laughs> <laughs> Whose ego doesn't? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know. Um, okay, so the soloist is the next one that came up. Um, they suffer... But they feel as if they're asking for help reveals their phoniness. Um, and it's okay to be independent, but not to the extent that you refuse assistance so that you can prove your worth. So this is uh, me. I yeah. do this a lot. This is, um, do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things on your own? Um, do you say, I don't need anyone's help? Um, do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of a project rather than the needs of a person? Doesn't really talk much about this one, but I do find that one to be very interesting. But you can see that how that mirrors in society, like the where where you're like, I don't want to ask for help. I you feel inferior. Mm-hmm. You feel that you yeah. requesting something. And here's the thing that, and I repeated this a thousand times in this podcast: when you ask for help, people will help you. Yes, like it yeah. is in our DNA, I feel like, or just in our, our sense of community, mm-hmm. they want to jump up. But I yeah. think our fear yes. of becoming, because we're so more of an isolation now society, that we feel like we have to, I guess, uh, do everything on our own. Right. Well, and I think there's so many times where we want to be able to do it on our own. Mm. And you don't, sometimes the, the want and the need are very different. But mentally, we like, no, I want to, I want to be a good mom. And I'm going to figure out how to do this before I ask somebody questions, even though it probably could have been solved, you know, with one 
simple asking like, hey, how do you do this in your house? Like what works for you? But, you know, instead of seeing that as a sign of weakness when you don't have the answer, seeing it as a sign of strength that you want to have, like you're trying to find a solution. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's just that mind shift. But it, 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 yes, I get that. So I think a lot of people do that, like in the workplace too, where you don't want to, like you should, you feel like you should know how to do this. And you're like, I, I'm a, I've got degrees. I'm a very capable human being. I should be able to figure this out. And when you don't, you get or frustrated to ask a question. and you get afraid to ask a question and you're like, mm-hmm. damn it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you sit in the bathroom and cry for 30 minutes because you feel like an imposter. Like and you can't find a video on YouTube to help explain it. Exactly. I get it. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Um, the expert. Experts measure their competence based on what and how much they do or can do. Believing that they will never know enough, they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. I feel like this goes tie this ties in very much with the genius. Don't you feel like that yeah. the genius in this well, one would tie very kind of, closely in Yeah. Um this one it, like do you shy away from applying to a job posting unless you meet every single educational requirement? Well shouldn't we all <laughs> No, you shouldn't you I'm should apply. I just you should apply. I mean I think that you should at least, you know, look at the qualifications. Well we've talked about this before, but like women will only apply for a job if they are a hundred percent able to check off every box. Right. Men will do it if they can 60. check out sixty. Let's live in sixty world people. Right. Um, are you constantly seeking out trainings or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I know some, like, I mean, I've professional students like who are just chasing degrees after degree, but mm-hmm. don't actually go into the workforce and uh, like mm-hmm. use what their degree is. They just keep getting more degrees. Right. In debt. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to the feeling like you still don't know enough? Oh, well, I, I don't think you should ever know 100% of everything, of no. anything. We should kind of always be learning. Mm-hmm. So I call it bullshit on that one. This one says, realize that there's no shame in asking for help when you need it. We just said that. Yeah, we're smart. Thanks, Fast.com, for confirming that Fast we are company. smart. Fast Company. Oh, they say Fast.com. Damn yeah. it. Fast Company. <laughs> Shit. <sighs> we're... <laughs> <laughs> we're hot tech we's hot tech we got on the interwebs we did but i think that, well when you were talking about that earlier about how this applies to validation earlier um when we brought this topic up i thought that was really interesting because mm-hmm. i've never thought about the two tying together yeah yeah well i mean i feel like validation is what motivates like 90 percent of what we do on this planet it has to. Right. And whether it's internal validation or external validation, you're not going to keep going forward with something if it doesn't mean anything to you. Or it makes you feel good. Yes. Or it makes you feel like that you're accomplishing something. Okay. So, Brittany, what is validation? How do you, it, de- I mean, how do you define sh- it? In short. Define it? Define. Mm. Sorry. I don't know what's going on with me. Just different ways that you seem to confirm or substantiate Ten dollar mm, word right there. That's a good one. Yourself and your actions. Hmm. Huh. Can be internal or external. Okay. Just confirm. Huh. We all do it. Yeah. Just like we said, you can't live your life without mm-hmm. doing this. For sure. But definitely seen a huge uptick in that in probably like the last ten years, right? Ten years validation is life. Well like yeah, because we have likes, likes on followers, right. Comments. Mm-hmm. And that's how people honestly can make a living yeah. through validation. Through online validation. Which is crazy to think. It is crazy. And I'm not shaming it. Like, do it. Oh, no. If you if that's how you're yeah. making your living, and, and that's fine. I just feel like 
it's such a weird concept to think about if you oh, really look yeah. at it. But you know, you've had those posts you put up and you've been so excited. You're like, yes, yeah, a good one. And it gets like four likes. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I was really hoping for more than that. I know. You're like, oh, you didn't like it? Mm, I do. I did. Okay, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> my internal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. agree that. But so there's good points of validation and bad points, right? Mm-hmm. So for if we feel bad, if we don't, if we just get those four likes. But what if we got those four likes and they're from our four favorite people? Mm. which are called our square squad bringing it back guys you know it we love Brene Brown right we do we do um so the thing about Brene Brown is that she talks a lot about the our need for validation and what that can do for our self-esteem Mm because if we don't receive it it damages our self-worth and it can also lead to other problems like depression and all this kind of stuff so I definitely recommend you kind of deep diving on that one. It, it is in Dare to Lead. But mm-hmm. to give a quick breakdown about what Square Squad is, is if you put the people that you love and appreciate their opinion the most, people that if you if you fucked up, right. they're going to be like, oh, no, girl. And right. you would actually care. And the, the, the term itself came from the square is a one inch by one inch piece of paper. Like that if you, yeah, just make a, a little square. And you write down the names and the people that mean the most to you. And if, if you did something their validation is the one that you would kind of seek after you put their names on this piece of paper and that becomes your square squad. Yeah. Because we all, we both like, I don't care what people think. Yes, you do. You do. You Mm -hmm. do. You do. Stop it. Stop Mm -hmm. saying it today. Now you don't have to live your life. No. Wanting everybody's, you know, you're not like a people pleaser or like a yes person. You yes to death. Um, but it is a, there are, you know, again, we talk about the people, the man in the arena. Like, if mm-hmm. you're not in the arena getting your ass kicked 100% of the time by, like, the people who are going through the same things you are, then that validation of the words from those people not in the arena don't mean anything to me. Exactly. It's the people who are inside offering me feedback or the people in the inside offering me, helping me lick my wounds, like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I am seeking validation from. I'm, like, where I feel like you're the balance is in your life is is your self-worth dependent on validation and if it is can you identify why and i think that's the hard question like that's the mirroring question that's really hard for you to find because when you start feeling like um okay so say that post you post something you only get four Mm -hmm. likes what did that do to your self-esteem like did it did it hinder you did it it did did it make you feel less than perfect or less adequate? Or are you hesitant to post on Facebook or Instagram again because you didn't get the likes? And are, are you, right. you know, are you really concerned about the caption? I don't know. Well, there's a, a point to that. Yes, you could, yeah, all those feelings are things that, yes, are going to naturally happen when you get disappointed in something. But can you let it go? I think that is the building block of like, okay, I've, I was searching for validation. I didn't get it. Am I going to harbor in that moment or am I going to be like, mm, okay, wash your hands with it and you're moving on to the next. Mm. I think that's the difference between, again, not creating self-worth based upon validation and like a, like searching out and seeking out external v- validation. Do you ever notice that when you didn't get the validation that you wanted, you're less likely to validate others in a, in a positive way? Mm. Sit with that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, if I didn't receive it, why am I going to give it to somebody else? Right. So it's almost like you're harboring a resentment to the universe. <laughs> right. You're like, <laughs> but Fine. it makes sense yeah. though, because when you 
when you feel um, less than adequate and you're and you don't take the time to internally ask yourself what you're like what you're wanting there Mm -hmm. um i call it like owning your own shit show right so when you're not owning your own shit show that you're whatever shit you're bringing to the shit party you're not owning it a hundred and ten percent resentment resentment will show up in Mm -hmm. some way yeah you'll 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 harbor it somewhere and then it'll show up and then it just manifests. Yeah. But can you, are you able to, when you realize that you're doing it, are you, are you able to be like, you know what? That's not fair. Like, mm-hmm. am I able to take a step back, reset, rethink and project in a different light going forward? It's a task. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start doing that a little bit more. I know that I, I struggle with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have an outlet sometimes I can do that too. And, yeah. and so, <laughs> so it helps. Um, right. But if I don't have that outlet, then I need to look within and be like, okay, mm-hmm. check yourself. Right. Before you wreck mm-hmm. yourself. There get, was so much truth in that line. I know, right? Check yourself for your, like literally check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like you will wreck yourself. Right. It's like they knew they, they knew. were on to introspection they were, they a long time so ago. They were so woke. You right. so woke. <laughs> so woke. Okay. Here's our different ways. Okay. That validation pops up in our everyday life. Buckle up. Over apologizing. Mm. Ladies, ladies, gentlemen, sit down. Right. <laughs> sit down. Ladies, stat. I do it all the time. What's your story? You, yeah. You just oh, gave one yeah. We were on a, a flight not too long ago, and this girl was sitting in her seat. And girl, I mean, she's a woman sitting in her seat. And some man comes up and is like, oh, ma'am, you're sitting in my seat. And she looks at her thing. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she's like, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm. this is my seat. This is my ticket. And she kept apologizing. And I kept thinking, I'm like, girl, why are you apologizing? Like that? No. You don't have to be sorry because it was his mistake. You just apologized. Yeah. Just to apologize. I mean, I think that that's, as a female, like we do that way more than men. I do. Anytime I'm like encroaching on someone else's personal space or I might have inconvenienced them in any sort of way, I am over apologetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the way I was raised. I don't know because I'm a female. I don't know if it was where I was raised, like right. more in the South, more. Yeah. I'm using that air quotes. But what the fuck? I know. Stop. I do it too. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Or I'm like, sorry to bother you. Right. Mm. Am I really? Probably not. <laughs> One thing we have been doing so well and I'm so proud of us. It's not sorry for the late reply, but it's a thanks mm-hmm. for being patient. Right. Yeah. Because it totally makes sense. Yes. Thanks for being patient with thanks us. Thanks for being patient. We have been doing that <laughs> a lot more lately. So you can take one from us, but that's the only thing we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Because we still say I'm sorry all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I do feel sorry. Like if I'm running late, like I am sorry that I am running yes. late, but I appreciate when someone is, thank you for your patience. Mm-hmm. You know, I do value your time. Yeah. I'm just can't I, get my shit together. I can't get my shit together. You're, you're right. Sorry. Can you, <laughs> if you could just put on your boots and kick me out the door, that'd be great. All right. Next one. Um, being a yes person, which we've kind of already said this, mm-hmm. but I think that that is, I don't have this. Sometimes I'm, I've, I've gotten better about being a no person. Like, nah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. For me. That, but you do this. Really that well. was a, but that's also like, I had to learn to say no, because I do like, again, validation can't, comes from the form of like saying yes, getting it done, doing a good job, hearing good job. Like that's where mm-hmm. I like to hear validation. 
but being able to like hone in in the past probably two years being like you do not have to accept every invitation you're invited to Mm -hmm. you can say no Mm -hmm. it is okay and if somebody has a problem with you saying no it's not your problem Mm -hmm. it is their problem nine times out of ten they don't care like it's gonna be fine that you said no I feel like your first no oh is so like powerful powerful yes it opens up a a, a door of many no's it's great you know and when going back to powerful really quickly because mm-hmm. I've been in therapy uh, I love that power when you own your own emotions and you start showing up for yourself it is powerful I highly suggest like being aware when you do it and mm-hmm. then you're like I'm gonna do that more yeah I'm gonna do that more yes and that's, that's amazing that, that's a um a good point like the when you do start to create boundaries that are, again that are put in place to protect you mm-hmm the people who are upset about your boundaries are the people who are wanting to break them down. Yeah. But they're the ones that are benefiting from you not having any. Mm. So it's like, mm, you don't like that. I'm saying no now because now you either have to do more work or you're not going to get out of it what you thought you were getting out of it. So here's my no. Here's my no. Here it is. Bye. See ya. Bye. Can't handle criticism. Mm. Okay. This is a big one. Okay. Because we're like, how does that apply to validation? Yeah. But it does. Okay. If we sit back and think about it, if you are more of a yes person mm-hmm. and so you agree to a task. Yes. You complete said task. Correct. And then you receive criticism for that task. Mm-hmm. What does that do? Right. To your self-worth. Yeah. You're saying like, no, no, I've only had all this great right. accolades and applause and attaboys and pats on the back and emails saying how great I am and now I'm not. Right. So, yeah, the ability to receive criticism, which honestly, we do this. Yeah, I have to say, but this takes a lot to get. Yeah, there. I honestly, <laughs> I, I prefer the, bit. the perm. The perm. <laughs> I don't actually have a perm. Um, I prefer the term feedback mm. because when you get feedback, like criticism is a form of feedback, but criticism sounds negative. It is. It does sting a it, little bit. Does, like, let's not take yeah. it out. Like it does sting. Yeah. Um, however, when you get feedback, it's an opportunity for growth. Mm. And this was like through Primp when we were getting, you know, it, I have learned a lot in the past six years of, you know, how to deal with people. And I mean, we were both in the service industry, like with, you know, waiting tables. So we understand people and customer service and how this all works. But when you're getting feedback from people and, you know, you're like, dang, I mean, you've, you've got to be able to take like you, it, the more you get and the more negative feedback you get, it allows you to build a a thicker skin, which I think you need in order to realize what's important to you, what validation you're, you know, you're willing to take with you and what things that you just don't need. You're like, okay. But it it ties back to those imposter syndromes we just talked about, the expert, the genius. Mm -hmm. So if they are receiving these criticisms or even these superheroes, actually all of them. All of them. But because it challenges the status quo. Right. Exactly. I love it. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't love it. And I mean, feedback, I don't love getting negative feedback, but I appreciate it because I can't grow if I don't know where the holes are. Like, I don't know how to like fix things if I don't know like what's not working for you. Okay, great. And well, it does thanks sting. for letting me know. Yeah. But it goes back to identity. If that's all your identity is. Is getting positive feedback? No, or, that okay. if, if your identity is linked to your, this, okay, just say you're getting um, criticism about your profession, mm-hmm. what you're doing, and maybe you did something wrong. That's your only identity. Yeah. FYI, it's not. Right. What you do in this world is not your identity. Correct. You have so much more to offer the world. Yes. Um, but 
the if that is challenged mm-hmm. then that immediately harbors so much reflection on yourself on yourself but it sometimes negatively yeah. like am i worth this right do i need to go get another certification mm-hmm. do i need this right and i think it's important to realize too that like even when you get the positive feedback not attaching like your self-worth to those either because that's just as unhealthy as believing all the negative stuff that comes with it too because you can't live in like I I love this quote like even sunshine hurts if you get too much or even sunshine burns when you get too much I've never heard that but I love that Mm -hmm. yeah like stop giving it to me right like I I get it you don't need to blow smoke up my ass like I appreciate it thank you Mm -hmm. but again if it's not going to help me grow if you're just telling me how great I am I don't know where the holes are to to start you know filling them in I just don't know and then when you get kicked in the teeth, you're like, fuck, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you said, I'm you said amazing. I was great. You said I, I was amazing. All yeah. right. Back to the addiction to valid- validation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tying into the service industry, failing to speak up when service is bad or not to your standards. I'm so guilty. Raise your hand, girl. Girl, that's the me. I will be cussing them up and down <laughs> in my mind and still give them five stars and 20% tip. It is in my DNA. Mm-hmm. It is a part of my religion. I can't. Yes. I can't stop. Can't that, stop. Won't stop. No. I, when we go out to places, to, like Dan and I are in two separate camps with this, and because I, I do think that because I did have to support myself at some point of my life, waiting tables, mm-hmm. I understand the difficulties so of hard. you know what the service industry can do, and but I also understand the benefits that it can give you. It's it's a blessing and a curse. I totally get it, but it could be. I mean, I start every meal. I'm like, okay. In my head, everybody starts at 20%. You've got to fuck it up real bad Oh, you to get less than 10% out of me. Like, you've got to, like, I don't know, maybe slap my kids. And even then, I'd be like, they probably did they deserve it? it? You know, <laughs> were they being assholes? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There, There's no, so like, many things I'll, that you yeah. have to do to me to yeah. not tip. Right. No. I mean, I, I, true for story. me to complain at a place, too, like... Oh. Dan is a quick, like, if it's not happening the way that he sees fit, like, he was like, I need to speak to our manager. And I'm like, oh, God, get, get, get in the car, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. I will never. I mean, I'm, okay, I can't say never, yeah. I, but it you would just, be yep. so egregious, like, hurt my soul to be like, I need to speak to a manager. Have you ever left more tip because somebody in your party was in charge of paying the bill? Yes, recently. They, mm-hmm. At IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we had an awful IHOP experience, but I still, I knew what Landon was going to leave. And right. yeah, I left the, it was around Christmas time too. And I was like, you yeah. know what? It's busy. The the Grinch pancakes were out. I was like, okay, you know, I'd never go back again. But still, I left an extra 20. I, to me, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. I right. had to. You just, you can't. I understand. And I still would go back and do it again. Yeah. I know. And I'm so afraid to not give someone five stars because I'm like, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Yeah. I mean, I, there have been a handful of times where I'm like, this isn't what I ordered or this, I'd asked for it this way. I can't physically eat it. If you put pineapple on it, I have to send it back. And I told you that beforehand, don't put pineapple on the plate because mm-hmm. I'm going to die. Don't do it. Don't do it. And it comes out with pineapple. Then I'm like, listen, I hate, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I hate to do this, but. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to inco- inconvenience you. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that's happened where I'm like, I'm sorry, this isn't what I ordered or this isn't right. I'm okay with right. it, but I'll send it back. And I'm like, why? Why can't I? Like, I don't know why that is the area where I don't feel comfortable speaking up for myself. Most other places, 
I don't mind sharing oh, my opinion. I'm, you know, fuck, I'll go ham on somebody if, right. if it's not up to my standards. And like on a hotel, no, okay, yeah. okay, sorry. Like yeah. this is when if it's like the hotel service, like the room is not up to my standards, which because I'm a hotel snob, mm-hmm. I will, yeah. I'll go ham. <laughs> I will switch rooms. I will get my pack up my shit. I yeah. will leave. I do agree. I mean, because it that's one of those. You're staying. You're staying there. there. Like if it smells funky and you know the funk isn't leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I mean, I have left rooms. I'm like, listen, I don't know what's in that room. I will wait for another couple hours if I have to. That's fine, but I can't stand there. Mm-hmm. Give me a headache. Or if they said it was going to be ready at a certain time and it wasn't, but it's like mm-hmm. way over. Yeah. You know, it's not a peak period. Right. Those are yeah. I understand those. I get that. Yeah. I'm gonna add on to this list. Okay. <laughs> don't be afraid when in this situation don't be afraid to like ask for something like if the service is not up to your point like i'm all about that life mm-hmm. like i'm not i usually like i don't ask for a discount but i'm like add on to my service like right um i can I have a bottle of champagne in my room yeah or what's my inconvenience fee what are you <laughs> what are you gonna give me <laughs> Oh, I know. It's do it. Do it. I did. You know what? I when we purchased these microphones, I negotiated into the price. Like I got my mic cords for free. Like I negotiated that because he wanted to sell me something else, and I was like, I'm not interested. And he's like, Well, what if we do this? And I'm like, mm, What if we did free cables? You take five dollars off the end price, and then we wrap this up. He's like, Sold. Sold. They always have room, by the way. They always do. Always. The margins are big, people. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask. The answer is always no if you don't ask. I just, always. just ask. Mm-hmm. I walk away feeling so much better. Yeah, I go get some Monopoly, and you're and you're wagering oh. a bet <laughs> with somebody, or you know, trying to. Uh, we do so many game, so many different deals in, in Monopoly. It's fantastic. It's great. I love it. Teach it your kids right. Okay, last one. Yes, this is a big one. Gossiping to gain attention or acceptance. That's how Ooh. we're addicted to validation. It's a way you to validate what? yourself. Yeah. That I younger Shannon was very guilty of that. I feel like yes, age fourteen to thirty-two. I would even go that high. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah. It, I think that, that right around my right after thirties. I wouldn't say like right at thirty, but mm-hmm. a little bit after thirties. I, I stopped. I stopped really examining like what that was offering to my life. Right. But it's easy to fall in the trap. Yeah. Well, and I, I'd heard this a long time ago. I feel like it was on Oprah back in the day, but it's like the negative common denominator. Like those are things that when you say them, people are like, oh yeah, that happened to me once too. Like you find a bond over something negative and then from there, like that bond just keeps forming. But when you form it over something negative, that's like the foundation. So then everything from there becomes like the negativity is what you come back towards. So whether it's right. the gossiping or, um, you know, whatever it is like that's kind of how you form this relationship so that's where it it's going to escalate from there it's like you're building one of those really weird monsters from stranger things out of just shit mm. exploding rats the demigods the demigods <laughs> <laughs> weird tie-in right there demi-dogs i don't know uh, okay demi-dogs <laughs> like it's not a demigod that's maui <laughs> <laughs> like how you tie that in okay so let's like talk about good ways to stop our validation and i really got down with these mm. like i fuck with some of these all right okay all right taking a social media break okay we all say this and i get it i get it i get it i get it i get it, I get it. we all say this but what can we do when we take a social media break check in with our square squad mm. okay because i feel like when you're taking a break because also when we check on so- social media we're bored mm-hmm. yeah okay, so 
we'll come back to that boredom in a minute. But when you're really trying to get that validation, check in with your square squad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, hey, give me validation. Right. Just see what they're what they're doing. And oftentimes you will feel your self-worth tick up just mm-hmm. from chatting with them, just for feeling the love and appreciation and acceptance just from them alone. They're, they're your cup fillers. Cup you know, fillers. They're, they're not trying to take anything away from you. No. Trying to fill you up. All the time. Next one. Okay. Be mindful in your actions and how they apply to your life and not the narrative of others. Okay. This, mm, this sounds deep and it's, and it's, you know, layered. But when you're seeking it, notice it when you are. Well, that's like that goes back to that quote, like comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Like if you can just sit with what you have instead of being like, I had this, oh, but look what she has. Look or, that's oh, yeah. that's so much better than what I have. Mm-hmm. You're robbing yourself of your opportunity to be excited about what you have or like what you're doing. Gratitude, people. Mm-hmm. It's so much more present. And I think that um, because grounding yourself is such a process, it's a ground. You have to constantly ground yourself every day. You, you don't just wake up and say, like, I'm so grounded. No. Yeah, no. It's a constant repetition of your mind and reminding you where you want to be, where your mind should, should be instead of where yes. it can deviate. And something I've been doing a lot with meditating recently, it's having a positive mindset is one thing, but being aware of your mindset is where like so much magic happens. Oh, I mean, just because if you, you can try to will yourself into a positive attitude all you, all you want by saying positive things. But if you're not aware of why you're feeling or why you're thinking what you're thinking, it's, it's not going to get better. It's just going to get harder to, to be positive. So you've got to be like, okay, today I'm aware that I'm having these feelings. I am having these thoughts. I am here with it great be aware of it and then you can make the choice in the increments that you see fit for that day another point own your own shit show right. that's mm-hmm. if you aware you're aware of the thoughts right how do you, you don't have it? to change them you just have to be aware of them i love that thanks identify when you're triggered to seek validation and why so it kind of has into the first one mm-hmm. but i'm gonna go back to boredom boredom yeah the the shit we do when we're bored <laughs> I do some stupid shit, but one of them is probably seeking validation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm bored. Mm. Maybe I should post Instagram. Maybe I should do another story. Right? <laughs> Tell me this. I'm wrong. Like, I, but I immediately when I read that one, I was like, I think one of the main things I would be when I'm triggered to seek validation is if I'm just kind of bored. Hmm. Like, what, what's everybody else doing? Yeah. I want to know what they're doing. They need to know what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which is nothing. <laughs> So, and not that that's bad. Mm-hmm. I just think that maybe just drawing awareness to it. And yeah. if you're, if you are bored, call it out, call yeah. it out into yourself internally and maybe seek a, um, like we just said that sometimes when you are over obsessing about identity and invalidation mm-hmm. that your side projects or maybe hobbies go to the wayside, pick yeah. a hobby back up mm-hmm. or pick a new one. Right. Go bake some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> go bake some cookies. Or like my husband did last weekend. Let's build a catapult. I'll go into that next week. Okay. Okay. We just talked about gratitude, but this kind of ties in. Actually, it does. Um, find new ways to appreciate your life, your skills, and all the value you bring to the world around you. And can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Woo! Because can we all just agree that your skills are your skills and they are worth having in this world? Yes, they are. And going back to the other one, don't compare your skill set to someone else. No. I am never going to be a surgeon. I'm never going to be able to operate on somebody in a, in a room. Like it, it, yeah. it will never happen. I appreciate that, but I know my lane. 
No, that's not, not it. That is not my lane. <laughs> I am right here in the closet. It's good. I'm never going to dunk a basketball. I'm never going to. Uh, I, I'm never going to be an expert swimmer. But you're not putting your validation and self-worth on those know, things. Those things. Yeah. It would be cool to do it in my own capacity, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. Right. And if you're, if it does change too, like I used to put so much validation on like my handstand journey, like Mm -hmm. that was such a big thing for me Yeah. and what it meant to be able to do a handstand instead of just identifying like how hard that was, how Mm -hmm. that was a fear factor. And I don't have to do a handstand every day to be like, right. I can do a handstand. I can still do it. It's fun. It's fine. But it's not my source of identity. Right. Just drawing that into a nice little, nice little box, tying that up. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta let that shit go. You do. It'll it'll eat you alive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like the monster and stranger things. <laughs> Brittany just finished I did. season three. That's why she's I did. Got so a much lot of parallels right there. A lot of the That uh, monster was the weird. upside down. Sorry, spoiler alert, but that monster was weird. I'm not here for it. It was weird. Oh, I just need to know how it fit inside the mall. That mall wasn't that big. No, it was underneath the the show. Oh, we I know, were probably like, spoiling sorry, it for yeah. people. Sorry, what? sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we'll have Just this conversation it. off air. Yeah, but it's an off air. Yeah. I don't want spoilers. All right, I got a question for you. Yes, and it's kind of open and it's kind of lame, but it's good. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, um, it's better than one I don't have for you. <laughs> yeah, so mine's really good. Uh, what has brought you zen so far in 2020? I had to think about the year just now. Mm. Honestly, my meditation has brought me and this is okay so I had a goal right that I wanted to meditate every day in 2020 so I mean I'm doing really well last year I'm doing great but here's where I'm like I'm trying not to draw attachment because I can I like to meditate with my my um, headspace app I love (laughs) it it's great it counts things for me um you know it keeps record I was doing great. I was on like day 11. I meditated, just didn't use the app. Oh, no, it set you back. And then it resets. And I'm like, oh. And then I was like, well, Shannon, that's not the point. The point isn't to be like so attached to doing it every day. The point is it just when it happens happen you don't have to track it you don't need an external device saying like hey good job for your meditating today i've got a gold star for you so i was like you know what okay now i'm 19 days in and i feel so like so great about it but i love the fact that even if my my counter doesn't click it it doesn't count it doesn't mean it didn't happen right and being able to again 19 days in like dismissed from that and like not attached to it I feel already like I've like gotten the the lesson out of 2020 so I'm like yes all right this is great so 19 days in 19 days in it's really good thanks really proud of you you that's a a hard thing meditating is hard it it is it's also hard to show up it's but okay yes um I just I have an appreciation for it now that it's different than when I first started because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it in the beginning. And now I do it because, like, I get really excited when I don't have, like, an anxious mind. Like, meditating with an anxious mind is one thing. Like, it really, you know, I can get calm from it. But, like, meditating with, like, a clear mind, I'm like, whoa, 
this is way cooler than, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm anxious. So just like, seeing like the different types that come with meditating. And it was, and again, it was not easy. It was mm-hmm. not easy to create, you know, a routine with this. Um, but it is something like I know when I need it. And I know, because I'm very much like a, an extroverted person, but I love to have like, I have to fill myself up with quiet time. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm, when I'm done with all the bells and whistles and people energy, like I need me time. And I've learned a lot about me in my quiet time with myself. Right. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a journey that I really enjoy being on right now. Good for you. Thanks. I like that a lot. What, what's bringing you in? Um, well, a couple things I have recently loved my new, not new, more positive mindset. Yes. And it's been so nice. And um, not that I always haven't been positive. I think that Mm -hmm. I am a positive-ish person, but it's been such a great, like, just flip. But it's been a, it's been a really um, comforting way of approaching life. And it's hard to explain, but it's when I look at where I am right now, I'm Mm -hmm. fulfilling tasks. I'm doing what I need to do in a very healthy, proactive, safe way. Yeah, it is great. I, I mean, I've definitely, I've seen like that growth in you, I would say like in the past four or five months. Um, but I definitely think that even you seem more secure in a lot of avenues in your life. Yeah. Especially like, right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, very, I'm very, girl. I see it. Mm-hmm. It was so cloudy the last six months, but like right now I'm feeling like, all right, all right. Yeah. Those clouds had to part and it was, it's just been so great to get on this new avenue yeah this is like a new journey too like i have this is a new kind of pivot in my 30s and i'm just really 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 loving it oh yeah i know it's just i'm really happy i'm really happy with what's going on here and mm-hmm. uh, and other places and and knowing that you know fall down get back up i, I have the power and so and that's a, maybe that's a podcast episode the po- i got the power i got the power <laughs> And now with our new microphones, we can sing like we're we, on stage. I have. I'm so sorry. We're gonna sing a lot more. I am so sorry in advance. Actually, sorry, not sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm like, but we're not sorry this year. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's the best quote ever. I know it's good. Really quickly though, mm-hmm. I want to just jump in and say, um, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, yes, can you know? Okay, listen. We're going to get a website up soon, but until then, the link is, is on our Facebook and I'll put the link in um, our Instagram and I'll maybe put out a little thing to sign up, but it is really fun. Uh, we put out some really fun ideas. Yeah. I love the newsletter. So uh, sign up for it. Hit us up. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And also if you love our podcast, hit five stars because those reviews mean not that it's validation, but it helps us keep us going and it helps the show grow. It does help us grow that's what we want to keep doing unfortunately that's where we live in right and if you feel compelled great if not we're just glad that you're here absolutely and save the date guys february 13th 6 to 8 galentine's we're coming at you thanks for sharing your time with us help keep the czl momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.